You know, sometimes we get excited about things that don't really count. You know, we, my wife and I came over last night to Lodge when we were coming on the train. I'm an Arsenal fan. Um, and I saw a lot of Arsenal jerseys all over the train. I didn't go to the park. I was coming to do business for Jesus. But every time in the, on the football pitch, when there is a goal, they make some noise. And I don't understand the quality of that noise except human happiness. But when we come to church, the Bible makes us to understand, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And when Christians are asked to clap for Jesus, we go some kind of, you know, approach. Like, can, I, can, I, can we clap for Jesus? Can we appreciate the Lord? Come on, Katie. Let's appreciate Jesus. Hallelujah. I was watching the ladies' football yesterday with, Australia, with the Colombia in England, and when the goal went, the kind of noise that was going all over the place, and there is no eternity to that noise. But you and I, once upon a time, the Bible said, while we were yet sinners, Christ came to die for us. We were on our way to hell. God intercepted that road, came, brought Jesus. There was a U-turn to where you and I were going. We are now on our way to a place where Jesus himself said he's going to prepare for us. And when we come to church, we like to treat God anyhow. Help me to appreciate Jesus. Help me to thank him for his faithfulness in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Good morning, Katie. I'm very happy to be here with you. Amen. I came with my wife, Caroline, uh, with us today. Uh, just really coming to encourage you, support the work of God going on. What a wonderful privilege to be called and assigned to minister God's word. The greatest privilege you have on earth is an opportunity to expound on the word of God to humanity. That was what happened on the road to Emmaus when a gentleman called Cleopas and somebody else, whose name was not mentioned in that, the Bible said they were on their way to Emmaus. They were in despair, and Jesus appeared to them and asked them, where are you going? What is it all about? They were all in despair, telling Jesus about the problems that they were going through and how their world has come to an end because Jesus has died, and in their world, the resurrection has not happened, even though Jesus was the one talking to them. And the Bible said Jesus expounded the scripture to them, and their eyes opened. And he served them. The greatest work that you and I have been called to do is an opportunity to present this word to a dying world. And so I'd like to encourage you to come for the training that will be uh, preaching the gospel along the streets in, in London. Uh, let's all make the effort to join. Let us pray, shall we, as we come before the Lord. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the wonderful opportunity we have to be in the presence of God. And Lord, we honor you for the leadership of this house. We thank you for uh, every member of this house, all the leaders, all the, the partners, and all those who are helping to do the work of God. We pray committing your word into your hands. And Father, we pray that, Lord, I will not speak using enticing words of man wisdom, but that which heaven has to offer I submit this mouth of clay before your throne of grace, Heavenly Father. 
And I pray that you will use these vocal cords to speak to us. Let nothing of self emerge this morning. But let every word that I speak bring glory and honor to Jesus. We give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. I present a message today I titled The Path of Life. Can I hear somebody say The Path of Life? Say it again, The Path of Life. Please come with me to Psalm 16, verse 11. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Psalm 16, verse 11, and we will proceed. I'm here with my dear wife, Caroline, uh, who is helping me in serving the Lord. We are married with three children by the special grace of God who are back in our church in Stevenage serving Jesus. Psalm 16, verse 11. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Can we all read that together? Psalm 16 verse 11. Ready? Go. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You will show me this morning, may the Lord show us the path of life. Somebody say amen. In the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. The path of life. There is a path that you and I are meant to be walking on. And my prayer is that if we are not walking on this path, May we discover this path one more time and come back to this path intentionally, the path of life. What is that path? In fact, verse 11 is what we read. When you come to the context of that, of the text, Psalm 16, the first verse says, Preserve me, O God, for in you I put my trust. Preserve me, O God, for in you I put my trust. Verse 1 says a prayer. Verse 11 goes to explain what that prayer in verse 1 will entail. If I desire to be preserved of the Lord, then I need to navigate on the path of life. Jeremiah chapter 16 verse 16. Jeremiah chapter 16, verse 16. I'm reading from the New King James again. That says the Lord. That says who? The Lord. Stand in the ways and see. And ask for the old path. Where the good way is. Can I hear somebody say the good way? The good way is in that path. And walk in it. Then you will find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. Isn't that amazing? Let me take that again. Hallelujah. Minister to us, Lord. First says the Lord. See, when you are reading the Bible and you hear that says the Lord, please pay attention. Or when you read and say, surely or assuredly, I say unto you, please pay attention. It's very significant. Thus says the Lord, stand in the ways 
and see and ask of the old path where the good way is. When you have been shown that path, he said, walk in it. Then you will find rest for your souls. But he said, we will not walk. There is a promise of rest on the path of life. And we are commissioned to ask of that old path. And when we discover that path, the Bible says walk in it. It means operate in it. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 36. The Bible said, for ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, you will obtain the promise. There is a place of operating and walking in the will of God that we will obtain the promise of God. The path of life. And the path of life that I'm talking about this morning, church, has to do with thanksgiving. Has to do with thanksgiving. We live and walk in thanksgiving. We live in a world that likes to find every problem on the earth to talk about. But this morning... I feel laid on my heart to come and talk to you about the path of life, thanksgiving. We have to be very intentional in our appreciation of God. Can I tell you something, church? Life, life, life is not a right. Life is a product of grace. Are you listening to me? Life is not a right. There is a difference between waking up and getting up. There's a huge difference. There are people who can wake up and can't get up. But you and I, we woke up today and we got up. You bath yourself. You came to church. And you have nothing to thank God for. Everybody raise your right hand. Let me see. Put that down. Raise your left hand. Put that down. Shoot your left leg. Shoot your right one. Is there life in it? Can you testify that there is life in it? This Bible says, let everything that has breath, praise the Lord. So if you can find all these things in your life, and you still are walking around the earth and whinging and mourning and complaining about all that God is not done, can we be careful, please? I was doing some data studies last week, trying to check the world's population. And I discovered the world has now crossed over 8 billion people. The latest record of COVID death is 7.9 million people. In the last three years, the world has experienced something that like never before in at least my lifetime, I should say. But you and I are here. You and I can eat in spite of the challenges we face, and we have nothing to thank God for, 
There is an old path that the Lord wants us to discover today. And I want that to be the core text of my message. For we have need of patience that after we have done the will of God, we will obtain the promise. Hmm. Let's go to Ephesians for the sake of time. Let's close in here on Ephesians 5. I'm reading from the New International Version. Follow God's example, therefore, as dear beloved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us, and gave himself for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice. For among you there must not even there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality, of, of any kind of impurity or of greed, because there are because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coerced joking, which are of which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. Can I hear somebody say, but rather thanksgiving? Say it again, but rather thanksgiving. Verse 5 says, For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such as a person is an idolater, has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Live as children of light. Verse 10. And find out what pleases God. How nothing to, have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. Verse 13. But in everything exposed by the light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes light. This is why it is said, wake up sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk on wine, which leads to debunkery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always. Can we read verse 20 together, please? Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Let's read verse 20 again. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of Let's read that verse 20 again one more time. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus. I learned from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 18 that in every situation, in every situation, give thanks for this is the will of God concerning us in Christ Jesus. That's the text 
in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. And then when I read Ephesians 5, 20, it said, give God thanks always for everything. There is no caveat in there. There is no exclusion. Give God thanks for everything. So church, I came to tell Katie today, give God thanks for everything. And give God thanks in everything. Why do you give God? We've just heard about bereavement. Why should I give God thanks for everything? Sometimes the scriptures don't make sense to the human mind. But you know one thing I've learned? I have learned to understand and take this word as it is. If God says it, I receive it. Apostle Paul said to the church in Ephesus, give thanks always for everything. Why do we give God thanks? Under what circumstances? We give God thanks for everything and we give God thanks in everything. Why do we give God thanks for everything? I went into prayer about that to ask God that question. When something don't work, or you get bad news, why do I give God thanks for it? He said, give me thanks for it because of the end result. The scripture says, all things work together for good. To them that love the Lord, and to them who are called, according to his purpose. And I said, Lord, why do I need to give you thanks in the situation? First Thessalonians 5.18. He said, give me thanks in the situation so I can sustain you. Your thanksgiving will expedite your prayers and will not hinder them. We give God thanks for everything. Good or bad, we give him thanks because God knows how to turn the bad to good. And when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. And the people said concerning the hidden, the Lord has great things for them. It was reported concerning Job, Job 23 verse 12. He said, I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. How can Job pray like this and say, though he slay me, yet, oh, yet, it takes somebody who knows and understands God to give him thanks for everything. You are here today, church, and maybe there's something going on in your life. Baby, you didn't even want to come to church today. I came to tell you, give God thanks for it. And give God thanks in it. That's what the scripture says. Giving God thanks has some virtues in it. Giving God thanks is a command. 
God thanks, honest God. There are significant disastrous consequences of ingratitude to God. I'm telling you, there are significant values in giving God thanks. Jesus called some guys one day. He said, how many fishes do you have? Bring it to me. How many loaves do you have? Bring it to me. Jesus collected the two, lifted up, and gave what? Thanks. As soon as Jesus gave thanks, the spirit of multiplication came upon it, and he shared it. There is multiplication in God's promises when you give him thanks. Because if Jesus was to look at what he saw, it was not enough. We look not at the things which are seen. The Bible said we are killed all the day long and are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, can I hear somebody say nay? He said nay, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us and nothing shall separate us from the love of God, including the situation you are going through. The Bible says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more than eternal weight of glory. For while we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Listen to me. Deuteronomy 29, 29, the Bible says the secret things belong to God, but those things which are revealed belong to us. If you can catch God's word, brother, follow it like a zombie. Whether you understand it or not, just follow it. There is something about not understanding but following. It's called faith. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Church, I came to tell you today, find every reason to give God thanks. Oh, yes. I, heard, I read about the story of this gentleman. Uh, Stafford is the name from Minnesota. Uh, an investor, Horatio Stafford, sent the wife, Anna, and four of the daughters on holiday from America to this place. Those days, they would come by sea somewhere in the Atlantic there was a serious collusion 200 people on the vessel lost their lives including the daughters of this gentleman but the wife survived got to England and sent the husband a telegram explaining what happened the husband caught another ship right through to England coming now, the captain who was on that vessel understood his story. When they got to that part of the Atlantic Ocean, the captain sent for Mr. Stafford. Come, Mr. Stafford. It was around this place that your four daughters lost their lives. Stafford lamented, picked the pen, and wrote the hymn. When peace like a river attended my way, when sorrow like sea below 
angels roll. Whatever my Lord thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. How can somebody like this, suffering this much, write a song with these lyrics? There's something in appreciating God in your time of difficulty. I was preaching in South Africa. After I finished ministry, a lady walked to me and demanded to take a photo with me, the paparazzi photos when you travel to do some of these things. And she said something to me and prayed with me. She said, Pastor, you have just brought life back to me again. I have eight children. Five of my biological children have died. And you are telling me I can love Jesus again? Can I thank you for what you brought? You have changed my world. She held my hands and prayed for me. She said, this life that you have brought to us, let it go with you wherever you go. She has lost five of her biological children, some of them to guns. And I'm there preaching. Be thankful. Do you know that your situation is not the worst situation? I just told you that there are over 8 billion people on this planet. And church, every one of the 8 billion is dealing with an issue. So you are not alone. My wife sitting there and I, we have lost about five children. Five. One day, I went to the hospital. She was in the hospital. The doctor called me to the side. Doctor, what has happened? When they called you like that, there's something. I sat there. He was lamenting and telling me how we lost our daughter at birth. Church, I lie not before the Lord. On that same day, my father was being laid to rest at the cemetery. That same day. It wasn't a day after. I don't know how I survived driving between the hospital where Caroline was lying and the cemetery where my father was laid to rest. But today, God has given us three. I want to be more like you. Jesus, I want to be more like you. Lord, I want to be a vessel you work through. I want to be more like you. Church, there is wholeness in thanksgiving. Some lepers came to Jesus. Ten of them. And Jesus gave them specific instructions. The Bible said as they went, they were cleansed. 
but it was only one. Can I hear someone say only one? Let that one today be you, always. That one came back to Jesus. You know what really surprised me about his coming? It was not much more of what he did, which was thanksgiving, but Jesus asked him a question. In other words, Jesus was expecting. He said, were there not ten of you? Where are the other nine? In other words, Jesus expects our thanksgiving. Find every reason in your heart, church, to give God thanks. We understand that sometimes it's hard. When we were growing up in Ghana in those days, there used to be an account drama like a soap, you know, on TV. When they are about to start, they sing a song. We are going, heaven knows where we are going. We know we will. We will get there. Heaven knows how we will get there. We know we will. It will be hard, we know, for the road will be muddy and rough, but we'll get there. Heaven knows how we will get there. We know we will. That Jesus has told us the end of the story. Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Thought of peace and not evil. Thought not to harm you, to bring you to my expected end. Can I tell you, it's that expected end that necessitates your giving God thanks always for everything and in everything. Can I have the band with me, please? Let us learn to give God thanks. Because he is the one who is in control of our lives. I started by telling you life is a product of grace. How can you be in control of what you didn't create? None of us created us. You had no part in your creation. The one who created us is the one who is in control of the situation. And I came to tell you at the end of the story... It's all going to be well. It will be hard, we know, for the road will be muddy and rough, but we'll get there. Heaven knows how we will get there. We know we will. You can Google the song and play it. It's there on YouTube. 